Welcome to CTU Speaks, Episode 7, Tackling TIFFs. Homie, I was taught by a Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher, Chicago teacher. I learned to read and write from a Chicago teacher, so I'm inspired by the fight from my Chicago teachers. We are here in the wonderful studio of Sun-Times with Ben Jarofsky. It's very exciting to be in a studio that doesn't have glass doors and people making faces at us through it. It's awesome. Yeah, we're interviewing a legend today. A legend. Oh, that's what I am, a legend? A legend. (laughs) I'm a legend. Uh, Do I think I'm a legend? Or are you an amateur? Which one is it? You got to pick one. Oh, those are the only two options. Wait, it's between a legend or an amateur? That's That's it. That's it. Which one you want? Mm, I'll take the legend. Okay, good. I'm good. a legend. The legend. Ben Giraffe. Been around a long time. Yes, he loves to say that. Mm. He Been around old, longer than your mother. Yes. <laughs> we already just established that, that I'm older yeah. uh, than your mother. Yes, we did. I was not the greatest of all students. I'm just going to make that confession mm-hmm. right now. Most of those teachers ever in high school were like, when are we going to get rid of this guy? Uh, <laughs> uh, so they were celebrating when I finally graduated. Uh, a blessing to us all. Day one of the strike. What was it like? It was beautiful, as beauty can be when you have a strike and not go to work. Um, They started at 630 in the morning. Um, Teachers met up at the school. We all were unified. We all, you know, talked and encouraged ourselves on why we are here, because this strike and this contract can really change the dynamics of how we do school in Chicago. Mm -hmm. We really want the best for our students, and we really want to change the game of how funds are distributed to our kids. And so we out there for the right purpose. And so nobody felt bad about it. Nobody was miserable. It was a little chilly this morning, but we were all there chanting, walking, talking to parents on the corners, you know, having the, you know, passerbys hunk their horns. So it was beautiful. And so seeing my brothers and sisters in solidarity, talking to new teachers in my school um, and just encouraging them and telling them what it's all about and just seeing them just as strong and motivated as the veteran teachers was a beautiful thing to see. And then going downtown, seeing a sea of red and purple this time was awesome. My mother came with me. She said, I'm going to support my daughter. I'm going to support the teachers. And just um, seeing all the support, seeing little children, grandparents, and just seeing that camaraderie was a, was a beautiful thing to see. Is that your mother, Audrey, as in, as in Tilden Tech High, the pride and joy? Yes. Okay, just yeah. want to make sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, what was it like for you? Andrew really hit it. It was it, The amount of solidarity is great. And uh, a lot of times as teachers, we kind of, we're in our classrooms and we somewhat forget um, yeah. the support we have in the community. Back in 2012, I remember looking up at the buildings and seeing all these people cheering in the buildings. And I'm like, what are you cheering for? Mm-hmm. And I realized and it took me a minute to realize it was us and we've got their kids in our schools and they're at work, you know, doing their thing. And we're, at, we're supposed to be at our work doing our thing when we get funded for what we need to be able to do. And the amount of support we have downtown, even the police officers high fiving us as we go by because we've got their kids in our schools and the, the fire department, like they're they're cheering us on. And stuff. it's it's really amazing. This is what we can do when we come together as a community. And I think it's it's really a great reminder of what we can be as a city here in Chicago. All right. And even in private, right. the principals was cheering us on too. Some of them. Yeah, our yeah. principal <laughs> brought us donuts. Yeah, they come yeah. out huggies like I'm hoping yeah. you know, hope you get what donuts. you want. Is that yeah. right? It was nice. Have some supportive yeah. principals. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I'm going to take a little moment here to talk. My my mother. I think I told you this was a Chicago public school teacher, and she was a union delegate. Uh, and the teachers this year, I think, are uh, way smarter than they were back in the day when my mother was teaching. My, there was a strike, and my mom had the teachers online. One of her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I told you this story that one guy went in 
And uh, I think he may have been the gym teacher, but I'm not sure. And he punched in. And then he went and joined the picket line. And the principal oh, wow. came, when you said about the principal, the principal came out to my mom and goes, you got to explain to him. It's a strike. You can't punch in. The guy's, what? Wow. Wow. But yeah, teachers are way smarter now than they were back in the I day. I hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, they need better history teachers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Doris, come here, guy. I just got to talk to you about the gym teacher. Could you explain to him? Mm. Um, technically, he was crossing the picket line. Right. Uh, let me ask you this. So much uh, has been written that teachers did this just uh, to pound their chest, just to let Lori Lightfoot know uh, that they're here uh, because they backed the losing candidate uh, in the the last election, that they're just doing this uh, to make a, a statement to Lori Lightfoot that uh, she can't ignore them. Your reaction to that charge? It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, nobody wants to be out on strike. I want to be in my classroom doing my job. That's what I was hired for. That's what I'm trained for. That's what I want to do. My students have a lot of work we need to do together. We have a lot of stuff we can do and a lot of stuff we aspire to be able to do in the future. I don't want to be out on the street striking, but we do need to get what's necessary in those classrooms. And if Lori Lightfoot, she campaigned on she's going to do this. I don't understand why all of a sudden she's confused. Candidate Lightfoot sounded pretty good. I don't know where she went, but... She's not in the mayor's chair, that's for sure. And, and it's frustrating to see it again and again that we have promises that during a campaign, we all want those pictures with the kids and the teachers because it makes us look good. And then we get into office and we forget about where all that came from. But we're not there just wanting to strike. Nobody wants to strike. We would have way preferred to have a contract that's reasonable, that gives these kids the support they need. But I can't legitimately stand in my classroom and tell them to, that these kids need to stand up for what's right if I'm not going to do it myself. And I'm going to say that if anybody thinks that we just strike and flex the muscles because we our candidate didn't win, that ass Patty. <laughs> and these issues that we were facing came way before Lori became mayor. We've been having these issues of overcrowded classes and low staffing and uh, justice for students and paying benefits. We've been having this issue long before. So for us to 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 do something like this is is for some people to think that it's Patty. I mean, you have. 25,000 people out of the classroom and you have another 10,000 people with the SEIU, something's got to be wrong. You don't have 35,000 people not going to work because you want to flex your muscle. Mm -hmm. Did you get a negative response? Not by me. I didn't hear anything. I I didn't hear anything. Nobody, no middle fingers flipped or no. anything like that? No, no not, not, not today at least. Not today, <laughs> no. not, not where I was standing. I yeah. got to wait till my students come back. I was like, you all, feel fine, you, you, all, you all deserve it, we're with you. That's what I was hearing today, everything yeah. was positive. There were, there were some parents that stopped, well, I'm assuming there were parents, adults driving their cars that stopped and got out to talk to us to say how mm-hmm. they supported us. Um, some people came out with their kids to walk with us on the picket lines yes. um, in front of my school and when we were walking downtown. So it, there was an enormous amount of support, but there really wasn't any pushback that I saw. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot seems to have learned from the last strike, uh, she was a uh, lawyer here in the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. so I presume she was following it from uh, the sidelines. It's probably not a good idea for the mayor of the city of Chicago to try to vilify and marginalize teachers the way Rom did, Mayor Rom did back in 2012, figuring right. he would you know, the, the people will be on his side. Uh, and then, of course, he discovers that most of the people were with the teachers. I think right. I caught a lot of people you off You don't guard. think she's not doing that? You don't think she's vilifying us? I mean, I think 
Well, I d- definitely her rhetoric is, is far softer than Rom's. She's uh, like Rom came out and said in the last negotiations mm-hmm. that the teachers got the raise and the kids got the shaft. I don't know if you remember that quote. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, so I'm trying to forget it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anyway, it seems like Lori Lightfoot uh, has learned a lesson. This is episode seven. Tackling uh-huh. tips. It is. And we're going to talk to Ben and he's going to educate us and the public about tips. What do they mean? What does it stand for? Why should Chicagoans care? Has it connect to the Chicago Teachers Union? It has connected to strikes and how can we make them better? All right. Let me just say this about that before we get oh. started. Uh, this is reverse because about a week ago, uh, Andrew was on in this very studio and I was interviewing her. Yes, he was. And so uh, they immediately said, hey, how come you come on our podcast and talk about tips? I said, glad to do so. This is important stuff. Let me just say this right now. I was thinking about this as I came over, Andrea. I'm really glad that Chicago Teachers Union is coming forth and asking me questions about tips, all right? But Mm -hmm. I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a hard time right Uh now. But this is like, it's the middle of a strike. Right. And so this is equivalent of a Sunday night, a kid coming home and realizing, (laughs) "Uh uh-oh, the test is tomorrow. I better study my biology, Uh-oh. okay? TIFFs are an impact. Now, all you teachers out there, I want you to listen to what I'm telling you right now. I know Don't you're move. not going to believe me. Don't leave. Don't right. Just listen to what I'm telling you. TIFFs, tax increment financing is very important to the funding of the schools of the city of Chicago. Yes, it is. It's not something you should just worry about when you're on strike. It's something you should worry about all year long. That's right. And as teachers with the exception of a few special ed teachers who have waivers, you live in the city of Chicago. You pay property taxes. Yep. I'm looking at Andrea's mom. She pays property taxes too. That's yep. right. And so TIFFs directly impact your property taxes. So this mm-hmm. is why I urge absolutely every single one of you to listen to what I'm saying. Okay. So I've, I've listened to your show before, read some of the stuff you've written. Uh, you're like a, a small library of knowledge on TIFFs. An encyclopedia, if you encyclopedia will. Encyclopedia of the legend, <laughs> Ben Jarofsky. So how did we end up in the place we're in with TIFFs? How did we end up with TIFFs? Why is Chicago doing it? What were they maybe supposed to be for? And how did we get to the ugly place we're All in? All right. Um, many, many parts. Whew, Give right. us the beginning. Yeah. 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 How right. did TIFFs come to the Chicago? Background. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about TIFFs in the abstract. Mm-hmm. And I always say this, uh, TIFF, as a tool to raise money mm-hmm. to subsidize development in areas that, but for that subsidy, would not be developed. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. If, if you just take uh, the, the concept of a TIF away from the city of Chicago and just view it in the abstract, it totally makes sense. So right. effectively what you're doing, let's say you have a, a, lo- a vacant lot on the corner of Bobby and Jones Street. I'm just right. making this up. And it's a risky neighborhood. It's a high crime neighborhood. No businesses have ever been there. Uh, it's been vacant for years and years and years. The city of Chicago says, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna effectively spend the tax dollars that we would otherwise getting from this lot to uh, subsidize its development with the notion that years down the road, there will be a, I don't know, a, um, a strip mall there right. that will be generating property taxes that we would not otherwise get. Right. So that is an investment that the city makes with its property tax dollars in an, uh, a project, a strip mall that will have benefits from years to come. Okay. I have never argued with the notion of using a TIF as an instrument to develop a vacant lot in a blighted area that but for that TIF would not receive development. 
I just that's right. I believe in it. Right. And I, even and I'll even willing to say sometimes a TIF could be a good thing if you're developing, let's say, in a theater. There's some theater companies I know I'm not going to mention because I don't want to get in trouble with the mayor that are <laughs> uh, uh, have received TIF subsidies for their to, to build their theater spaces. Theater's a very difficult business to operate, uh, you know, make mm-hmm. money off of it. So you need that subsidy. So I do believe it's an important instrument for a city where we went off the tracks in the city of Chicago is that sometime in the 90s, Mayor Daley, Mayor Richard M. Daley, the mayor who was mayor from 89 to uh, 2011, and his aides realized that uh, TIFs could provide a giant slush fund that they and they alone would control. Mm. And so if you uh, took advantage of loopholes in the law, and put TIFs not just in our um, the example I used the blighted poor neighborhood at the corner. What was the streets I made up? Billy, Billy Jones, Billy Jones Street, but Billy Jones Street. But put it in downtown Chicago mm. or uh, on the near west side, which is a booming area, on the near south side, which is a mm. booming area, or in Lincoln Park mm-hmm. or Lakeview, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, areas that are doing very well. If you put those TIF districts there and did not link them to any specific proposal, money would be flowing. Property tax dollars that uh, the Audrias and the Andreas of the world and the Jims of the world pay every year would be flowing into these bank accounts controlled by the mayor. It would become a, a slush fund. And that's what the TIF program in the city of Chicago has become. And Lori Lightfoot, who inherited this program mm-hmm. from Rahm Emanuel, right. who inherited from Richard M. Daly, does not, in my humble opinion, I never talked to Lori in this, but my guess is, does not want to give this up. Why are you asking? That's a very good question. Why? Uh, <laughs> because it's power. It's money. It's money that she pretty much alone controls, just like Rahm Emanuel controlled it before Does she her. control it or does her, she has to get approved from the city council? Yes and no to that question. In some cases, she could just uh, take the money out. For instance, the school strike may ultimately be settled with dollars that she just scoops out of right. the TIF slush fund and spends uh, and, and shovels back to the Chicago public schools. I do not believe she needs city council approval. Maybe she does, but she'll get it. So it's routine. The way the city council works, it pretty much much do whatever the mayor wants uh, and other deals like the Lincoln Yards deal where you're actually dedicating uh, 1.3 billion dollars worth of TIF money property tax dollars for development that has to be approved by the city council but like I said the city council uh, the way it works with TIFs they pretty much go along with the mayor why do they even this new city council Yes, this new, I don't, well, well, that is a very good question. Uh, <laughs> in the old days, a TIF deal got would get passed, mm-hmm. let's say, uh, 49 to nothing. Somebody would be absent, so there would be 49 <laughs> instead of 50. Right. Uh, but nowadays, maybe it'll be passed... 40 to 10, mm-hmm. you know, like the, I just noticed that there was a cannabis bill that was passed yeah. the other day. It was 40 10, to 10. Yeah, 10 they found 10 uh, aldermen willing to stand up to the mayor in this cannabis right. bill. And uh, so maybe you'll have 10 aldermen who say no. The point is all you need are 26 right. and you get it passed. So uh, yeah, simple majority. So I don't think the mayor will have any problem. The reason uh, getting things passed, the reason why aldermen support the mayor when it comes to TIF deals, follow me what I'm about to tell you is like every alderman, wants to develop in his or her war. Right. So now the way the TIF program works, it favor, we can get into this later, but it favors uh, gentrifying wards. So uh, mm-hmm. the, a gentrifying ward, like a Northside ward, will have way more money to spend than let's say the, the ninth ward, which is on the far south east side in the Roseland community or the 34th ward. But the alderman of the ninth ward 
If he wants his little TIF program, he has to go along with the expenditure on the north side, even if ultimately his ward uh, is the loser in the overall game because if he doesn't support the north side guy's ward, they won't support his ward. They it's it's a very transactional thing. Quid pro quo. Oh, quid, quid pro quo. Nice. There, there we go. Look at that. Quid pro quo. Nice. Uh, a phrase I learned from Harold Washington in 1981. Never even heard of it before until he said it to me. 82. Anyway, so you saying each alderman has their tiff like proposal they can give to the mayor, or is it something an overall thing they just give out? It's uh well it's it's pretty much just like that. Each alderman has his or her uh, dream. Let's say like mm -hmm. it could be a strip mall, like I said, or right. it could be a Walmart. I think the Ninth Ward did use uh, tip money to uh, for that Walmart that's down there in the southeast side. It could be cleaning up uh, a vacant lot, or it could be paving streets, or it could be uh, building a new school. They use tip dollars to build a new school. If an alderman wants tip dollars for his or her ward, let's say on the south side, he or she knows that you got to go along with the TIF deal that's on the north side, even though if you take a look at the way the program works, the north side gets far more of the money than the south side. It's a program that is inherently unfair to the south and west sides of Chicago, but by the way, because of the way we do politics in the city of Chicago, where you're cutting deals constantly and trading this for that, aldermen go along with it, and that's why we don't have any reform of the TIF program. But then theoretically, there's no reason why we can't bring those TIF dollars instead of bringing it to the uh, the blighted Lincoln Yards area. We couldn't <laughs> bring it down to the Ninth Ward. There's no reason it couldn't go to these neighborhoods, right? Well, all right, now you're, I say yes. There are rules and regulations that govern the TIF program. So you're saying, uh, could TIF dollars that are, are generated by a north side neighborhood be used to spend uh, on a south side neighborhood. I say where well, there's a will, there's a way. The program is already right, riddled with uh, inconsistencies, inequities, probably questionable legalities. So why don't you just, you got right, lawyers, just figure it out, man. You got these lawyers, that's what their jobs is. Figure out, right. you got the money, figure out, lawyer, that's your job. They got lawyers right now trying to figure out how you can justify taking a program that's for the poorest neighborhoods of the city right. of Chicago yep. and spending on the north side, flip the switch. Exactly. Get a lawyer to figure out how to take money from the north side of Chicago and spend on the south side. And I'm sure those lawyers feel a lot better about themselves in the morning if they do that. <laughs> I know I would. So I feel like what you're saying is you, you're really trying to talk to the citizens of Chicago to really talk to their aldermen so they can really advocate for their communities. Because I feel like if citizens really understood more about the TIFs, then we need to press the aldermen, especially in those, you know, blighted neighborhoods. To like, you really need to advocate for us and stop taking this line down. The actually blighted neighborhoods. I, I've actually had uh, many messages on TIFFs, uh, Andrea, to aldermen. And uh, one I, I'll talk to when I, <laughs> south side and west side aldermen, whose wards really are need the TIFFs and whose wards, it, their, their wards are for whom the TIF program was intended. I always say to them, mm -hmm. why do you put up with a program intended for your ward right. that is so unfair to your ward. Good okay, question. that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Then I go to the alderman on the northwest and southwest sides whose wards aren't as dependent on TIFs, but who are supposedly very concerned about the property tax that their neighbors pay. And I say to them, you you always say you're really vigilant about protecting people from increases in property taxes. Right. TIFs are tax hikes. Why do you willingly go along with every TIF tax hike as though it weren't mm -hmm. a tax hike? 
And in each case, the aldermen either say, oh, Ben, I'm really busy. Uh, can you get back to me? <laughs> or they argue with me or they don't take my phone call in the first place. You got to understand the TIF program is what, how I put this is like the blood that keeps the city going. I mean, it's the one single source of discretionary income that the mayor has. And without the TIF program, I don't know how they'd fund so much of the stuff. And so when that's like my little voice is just a little voice when I consider everybody who's benefiting from the TIF program. And I'll say this again, my prediction today, the start will be settled and the school budget will be paid off with money that Lori gets from dipping into the TIF funds and sending back to the schools. And it'll be considered a beautiful stroke of fiduciary genius by mm -hmm. our mayor. Oh yeah. <laughs> she wants to be fiscally responsible. So the money always there ready to take out or is there like deadlines? I have to spend this much by this date. I don't think there's any deadlines, but the, the issue with TIF money uh, and it's a great question because it gets to the heart of every year. If you have uh, a, a TIF district for which there are no programs uh, that uh, are, are, there's no uh, projects earmarked, then that money just flows into the bank accounts because there's no nothing uh, to spend the money on, if you follow what I'm saying. Mm. All right, now the Lincoln Yards deal, there's a TIF district that they created for that uh that deal, but there's a project that money's earmarked for the project. So that you, that money will not be available for the Chicago schools. That money will be for the Lincoln yards project. Do you follow what I'm saying? I follow you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now, but if just imagine if you could, if they created that TIF district, but there was no Lincoln yards project, the money would just flow every year. I could explain how a TIF works if you want. It's a deep dive, but I could explain how it works. The money would flow into the bank account and it would be there for the mayor to spend it. But it's just so weird to me. But I think about all these neighborhoods that are struggling, that need development. I don't see how any t any money is can just continue to flow in bank accounts. It's not why is it not constantly being spent? Because there's so much that is needed. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do know okay. exactly why, why you're, what you're saying. And it's the same reason why it's taken this many years to finally deal. And they're finally dealing with the fact that there's no nurses in most of the public schools in the right. city of Chicago. Or there's no uh, librarians in most of the schools in the city of Chicago. Right. Or there's more social workers. There's no will for it. Uh, there's, there's never been on the part of the people that run the city of Chicago a tremendous will or desire determination to spend money on nurses. They, you know, or spend money developing Rosalind. And that's just, I hate, I mean, that's just a reality uh, I've been dealing with ever since I moved to this city. So TIFFs is not like a unique thing to Chicago. Other cities Absolutely. use TIFFs. So is there any city that you feel like you, does it right? I hesitate to say that, uh, Andrea, because I don't know how they're doing it. Okay. So, for instance, if you were an outsider interviewing uh, Mayor Lightfoot or Mayor Rahm or Mayor right. Daly, okay. they'd be telling you about this wonderful TIFF program. And you wouldn't know. Right. Like, oh my God, they got a great program there in the city of Chicago. <laughs> right. It's worked so well. And I read articles from time to time when they were like, you know, back in the day. Well, Mayor, it was always Mayor Daly. Mayor Daly is a genius what he's done with the city of Chicago. He's balanced all, you know, the rich neighborhoods are now providing for the poor neighbors, blah, blah, right. blah, blah. So if you live in Chicago and you write about Chicago, you know that's not true. Right. right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. So if I'm reading an article about New York and they're like extolling the virtues of you know, the Atlantic Yards, which is like their Lincoln Yards in New York, I'm like, yeah, I wish I was in New York so I could take the deep dive and see what's really going on there. Right. So I do not know if TIF programs elsewhere 
uh, are really aware. I like to tease people in Evanston because I went to high school, Evanston High School, and they have TIFFs in Evanston. And I always make fun of them. I go, you know, you, your TIFFs are just as bad as ours. You just are ignorant about it. And they go, no, Ben, it's different in Evanston. <laughs> our, our town is pure. Or people in Oak Park really think their town is so pure, you know. Yeah. But I got a feeling it's just, well, I, I'm, I'm sure there's problems in Oak Parks too. Absolutely. I guess my next question would be, what do we do now as as teachers do we continue just to talk to the mayor, talk, you know, advocate with the board of education? How do, what, how do we make this program better going forward? What is our responsibility? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And I don't, cause I, I, you know, uh, can I teach the sixth grade English class? And you ask the question. That's a really good question. Or, uh, we could switch. We could switch. Oh my yeah. God. Those Come kids are like, who's that guy? Man, that'd be fun. Uh, like I'm the old guy. Yeah. The old guy. <laughs> <laughs> who's the old guy? We had a young teacher. <laughs> Uh, they think I'm old too, so it don't work. I do not believe your students think they're old. I think anything past teenager, they they think it's old. Is that right? That's mm-hmm. true. Kinda. Well, then they must think I'm ancient. Uh, <laughs> so I got mixed feelings about. I mean, lately I've been uh, saying. I know this sounds facetious and everything, but I I've written a couple columns where I've said, look, I've been banging the tiff drum for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you for that. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, not a lot. It hasn't. I mean, you know, it hasn't really worked. They just voted to approve two TIF deals in gentrifying neighborhoods. Yeah. Okay, so they're taking people in the city of Chicago listening to this. Chicago school teachers listening to this. Mm-hmm. They're taking your property tax dollars and teachers. You live in Chicago. If you work for the Chicago public schools, except for you special education teachers who have waivers, you live in the city of Chicago. You're paying property taxes more likely than not. And they're taking your property tax dollars and you're using it to underwrite development and gentrifying North side neighborhoods that don't need their development underwritten because they're already developing. Right. Okay. Right. It's like blowing my mind. They're doing that. And they feel free to do that because they, the aldermen and the mayor, and the, just like the aldermen and mayor before them, have come to the conclusion based on experience that you're ignorant. Mm. That you, the people, the city of Chicago, the property taxpayers, the city of Chicago, my beloved teachers as well, mm. are ignorant. It's confusing. You don't understand it. There's right. just that one weird guy for the reader in the podcast <laughs> who talks about it. And I wish he wouldn't talk about it so much because I'm getting so bored. Thank God. Right. And so they think <laughs> that they could get away with it as long as they think they can get away with it. They're going to try to get away Absolutely. with it. Okay. And they have gotten away They with will it. get away with it. And again, I'll just one more time saying I, I appreciate you guys coming here to have this conversation, but we're only doing it in the context of a teacher strike. All right. Mm, we're true. cramming for our biology test. It's Sunday night. The test is Monday at 8. 8 a.m. All right. So I'm now starting to raise the white flag. I'm, you know what? Oh, I, say it ain't so I, uh, No, you're what, not. I, I say. Put it down. P- <laughs> oh, wait, I'm taking that back. <laughs> Take it down. Now, I'm, taking it. I'm like, you know, why not make the entire city a TIF, a giant mm-hmm. TIF district? People don't, if people don't realize they're paying more to the TIFs, if they're so ignorant, they see their taxes going up, but they don't think they're paying more to the TIFs. If they believe the city's official line, which is that TIFs don't raise your taxes, then why not make the entire city a TIF? We'll pay more in taxes to the TIF, but because nobody recognizes that it's a tax <laughs> hike, we'll pay it, and then Lori Life would have money to pay to schools. Mm. That's where I am right now. If you, the people of the city of Chicago, want to live in ignorance... If you want to believe that your property taxes aren't going up, even though they go up, if you want to think that somehow or other dedicating $1.3 billion, that's billion with a B, as Lori Lightfoot would say. As which, in boy. Yes, as in boy. Which, oh, nice. uh, then if, if you want to think that does not impact your taxes, 
then what the hell? Let's just make the whole city a TIF, raise billions of dollars in property taxes that we're paying without thinking we're paying because we don't believe that it really raises our taxes and use it to pay for our public schools. That's where I stand right now in TIFs. A teacher TIF. A teacher TIF. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, wow. but of course I'm being kind of facetious there. But that's that fifty three percent goes to has is it mandatory that it goes to school? Yes, fifty three percent. The way it works, uh, the way it's like a property tax, right? And, and it is a property tax. Mm -hmm. Take like out of that sentence. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in other words, your property tax bill, I think it's fifty four percent of your property tax bills goes to the Chicago public schools. Mm -hmm. So, fifty four percent of the money that gets diverted to the TIF is being diverted from the Chicago public schools. So, if Lori Lightfoot announces tomorrow that to pay for um, the settlement of the teacher strike, she's going to dip into TIF reserves. If she dips uh, like into $20 million of, of TIF reserves, she can't just give all that to the schools. She's got to return it to the taxing bodies from which the money was diverted in the first place. So 54% of that 20 million, I'm not that good in math, okay. whatever that is, goes to the public schools. And then like 8% goes to the park district and 8% uh, goes to the county. I don't know what the distribution table is. Okay. So, uh, that's how uh, it would have to go. So yes, this public schools would get 54% of, of the TIF reserves. Do we know how much money's in there now? In, in terms of reserves, yeah, I used no. to know this and now I can't remember. I wanna say it's around a billion dollars, but don't quote me on that. Okay, I'll uh, But uh, <laughs> that's another problem. The city of Chicago has never been honest about this. And they now come out and say how much is in of TIF dollars uh, are in reserves that are uncommitted. And by that, mm -hmm. I mean, so like the money goes into a TIF fund. How, and some of that money is committed to, like, to a specific project, but a lot of that money is uncommitted. In other words- It's not earmarked it's or not, anything. Right. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so it's Andrew's not earmarked for, it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not earmarked for anything. So if it's not earmarked for anything, you can spend on anything you want. Right. And uh, hence the name Slush Fund. Get it, yeah. Chicago? Mm. You're a lot smarter than Yak, Chicago. That was a big issue that uh, parent activists and give Karen Lewis credit. She was the head of the teachers union of who figured out, you know, that this yeah. was going on, and she would. Because I didn't hear about this before here. I didn't Did you, either. Jim? Nope. Yeah. Well, you guys are well, obviously aren't well, reading Ben Jarofsky. Uh, 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 only been writing about him since. So I missed that article. Yeah, same that one. one. Shame, shame, shame. Uh -uh. So I'm just thinking about what you said. The loopholes. What? are the loopholes like how do they get away with that how do they get away with not spending the money the, the percentage on the schools and going to gentrified neighborhoods that and neighborhoods that don't need development like what are the loopholes how are they able to get with well get the biggest loophole loopholes? is the law itself it's, mm. a, it's like a gaping hole and essentially uh tiffs when are which are again are supposed to help neighborhoods that but for that tiff would not get any development at all right the loopholes in the law allow pretty much any community in the world to be eligible for TIFs. The suburb of Kenilworth, and uh, I know you guys are Chicago oriented, so you may not know Kenilworth. It's perhaps one of the wealthiest suburbs in the country. It's on the North Shore. It's just north of Winnetka, I wanna say, along on Lake Michigan. It's truly fabulously wealthy suburb. They're debating whether to institute a TIF. If Kenilworth can have a TIF, then there are no rules or regulations yeah. governing <laughs> That's TIFs. That's true. And it's the same thing where Lincoln Yards is at. Lincoln Yards, if you got any familiar at all with the north side of Chicago, uh, with that area that's just west of the Chicago River near like um, Milwaukee it's, uh, Avenue, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, that is one of the fastest developing areas in the world. It used to be industrial, it's true. 
So now you're, you're talking about a transformation from an old industrial area to a new area. But real estate speculators are just like coming there because they realize it's so valuable. So it's insulting to the intelligence of the people of the city of Chicago to say that is an underserved, low-income, blighted community. Yeah, it's blighted because you're, it's literally blighted now because it's old industrial areas. Guess what? Move the industry, it won't be blighted anymore. So they want us to pay to move the industry. Mm. And I'm saying, you know what? You're gonna make so much money selling that property, et cetera, and so forth. You move the industry. At the very least, I shouldn't be paying for your lawyers. That really irritates me to no end. <laughs> that part of that development deal obligates us, the citizens of the city of Chicago, to pay for the lawyers for the developer. So I'm, I'm just saying that uh, if the loophole enables every neighborhood in the city of Chicago virtually, uh, to be uh, eligible for TIF, you could say, well, you know, there's a certain number of vacant lots or there's a certain number of rundown buildings or buildings that are over a certain years, uh, certain years old. Those are some of the stipulations in the TIF law uh, that are so easy to pass that so that's virtu- it's a meaningless law. Any area can be eligible for TIF. Any area is eligible for TIF. Wow. And that's why and, we see it misused mm-hmm. and communities like Roseland. Right. Uh, Austin, Inglewood, Inglewood, back of the yards. Yep. The neighborhoods that are really are in need of development dollars that really could use development dollars. Don't get it. Well, thank you so much for helping us tackle tips. And now we're going to really tackle tips and make sure they're used for the school. So I think I'm going to do a better job educating. That's what we ought to do. Teachers listening to this, we need to talk to our students about this so they can go home and educate their parents. This is one of those things that we can do as teachers. We have access to every family here in the city. And this is Ben Jarowski, the, the legend, telling the legend, us about man. TIFFs here in Chicago. <laughs> and you all know him. The and he's, he's telling the truth here. This is how it is. If there's a billion dollars sitting there, that means $540 million should be coming back to CPS. That At could least. end this right now. It shouldn't even happen. Well, if, there, if there's a billion dollars sitting in a bank account, and I don't know this right now, I wish I had the numbers right close. in front of me. If you had a billion dollars just sitting there, that would require the mayor to, <laughs> all the, that's all these different TIF funds. That may be very difficult even for a powerful mayor to do. Uh, so I don't know if they have access to $540 million right now, but I will say this, going forth, uh, the city has to decide essentially, do we want to spend our money developing north side gentrifying neighborhoods to subsidize the development of those neighborhoods or do we want to spend our money on things like everyday things that we have right now in this case chicago public schools or our fire uh department or our police department or you know our health department may get bringing back uh mental health clinics there's decisions that have to be made but so for so long uh people in the city of chicago have pretended these decisions haven't been made And they just look the other way. And so maybe uh, this is the start. And we're cramming for the test, I said. But maybe... uh, I think we'll pass, though. Yeah, I think we we will. (laughs) We're we're always hopeful. We're always hopeful. You're a good teacher. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, there you have it. That was Ben Jarofsky. Thank you so much for uh, talking with us here on CTU Speaks.